What up, everybody? Welcome to Run the Pod. I am your half host, Austin Smith, aka AC Smith 06 on Twitter. And I'm joined by the other half of Run the Pod, Jameson Draper. What up, Jameson? How you doing, man? What is going on? Nothing. You know, just getting fired up for this here podcast. Um, so we're recording this Monday after the Oscars. Um, you know, there was a little like Steve Harvey moment, apparently at the end of the Oscars where they announced the wrong best picture. We're going to try to not do that, but we're going to play off of the theme and kind of go through our, you know, our highlights of 2016 slash early 2017 hip hop, um, and hand out some awards of our own. We didn't name them, but, uh, we probably should do that next time. But, um, yeah. Next year. Next year. Yeah, we'll get them. We'll get them in 17, 18. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I So let's just not screw it up like Steve Harvey, I guess. Um, so let's No see Steve Harvey in here. No <laughs> Steve Harvey in here. No. We just remember to get the names of the artists and songs correct, and we'll, we'll, we'll take it as a win. Um, so we want to start off, you know. We'll do a little, the little in memoriam. You know, unfortunately, we lost some greats this past year. Um I know the two that I kind of thought of right off the bat were Fife Dog and Shorty Lowe. And then you threw in Bankroll Fresh, too. So why don't you, like, walk us through, man. What were your lasting memories of these guys? Uh, well, I'm going to start with Fife Dog because Tribe Called Quest is a big part of my life. My dad was uh, not a big Tribe Called Quest fan. He doesn't really like hip-hop. But, uh, like, when I started listening to hip-hop, that was the only hip-hop I ever listened to because that was the only thing he listened to. And it was uh, Q-Tip and Fife Dog, and his work with Jay Dilla, who's like my favorite producer yeah. of all time, is really like it resonates with me. So losing him this year was terrible, and uh, Fife Dog was was one of my favorite favorites of all time. But Shorty Lowe, I never actually, admittedly, I don't really know that much about him. Uh, obviously, his hit singles that he had in the 2000s were like had the whole earth shaking, like right. everybody. Like even if you exactly like me, I don't I don't know who Shoddy Low is, but like I know who Shoddy Low is. You yeah, know? he was he was early, it, like you know early two thousands ish Atlanta, and then they know was just like a, a super mm-hmm. smash hit. Like I swear, after he after he died, I I told you this earlier today. I played that song like I had forgotten how good, just like how good of a song that was. So I was running it back for like two weeks straight after after he died. So same with. Uh, tribe like i still mix in tribe pretty frequently but like i went back listening to all the greatest hits and like it's just um so sad to lose him now like you said you don't know that much about shorty low because he's kind of before your time but like you got to tell me about bankroll fresh man i'll be honest I'm, I'm a little late maybe too late on this yeah uh bankroll fresh is like the opposite basically of fife dog and shorty low shorty low and fife dog were both legends in the game uh, they were young, too young to die for sure, but they were still uh, old heads in the game. But Bankroll Fresh was 20. I think he actually might have been a little bit old. Not old, old, but he was like old for a young rapper. Right. He was like he was like 27 and he was like just getting a start, I, I think. I don't know. I need to check that. But uh, Bankroll Fresh, he was mentored by Young Jeezy, who is an Atlanta trap legend. Right. Um, and he really – he took his roots from the hot boys and from young Jeezy and kind of had like this quick upbeat kind of for Atlanta. It was kind of different for Atlanta style. It was kind of quick upbeat, less uh, murky production. A lot of, he had a lot of Zaytoven production on his, on his work. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, that quick up tempo. Um, and he was shot outside of his studio, uh, in March, I think by one of his like friends, and there's just there's a big dispute about it, and the guy never ended up getting in trouble. And it's just a long story that I, I don't even know what happened, so I can't tell it. Uh, but yeah, he was basically an up and coming artist that was. Yeah, young Jeezy said he was going to be the next Young Jeezy. Basically, uh, he has a lot of similarities to him. He was just a great artist, another young soul out of Atlanta that we lost too soon. Yeah. So. Before we move forward, we wanted to pay our respects to those to those three and any others that we might have. Might have forgotten here, but um, 
Yeah. In the words in the words of Drake, long live bankroll. Long live bankroll, absolutely. So moving forward, we wanted to uh kind of get into what we thought was, you know, the dopest stuff from the last year plus. Um let's start with <laughs> our version. I'm gonna give like the Oscars version and then like what we're really going for. So this is our version of the best screenplay. This is the best video. Now <laughs> um I was super you know, Jameson just sent me the video today for the one that he chose and like if you hadn't chose it after watching it I would have picked it but I'm going to let you I'm going to let you go first. Okay, so I haven't watched the music video in uh, since it came out so you you're going to need to help me on this yeah. one cuz you just you just watched it but Young Thug and another uh video music video producer were set to do a video for the song Wyclef Jean, which, by the way, is a great song. Yes. Um, and in classic Young Thug fashion, he wanted to have, like, was it these, like, like girls riding in tiny cars right. or something? Um, like little Jeep, like little, the cars you buy for, like, little four- and five-year-olds, little motorized Jeeps is what they all were. Like those little, I don't even know what, like little tonka toys or something almost like that it was a great idea yes it was a great idea and um the video apparently young thug just decided to only send in visuals that he had pre-recorded from a completely different place for like the intro of the video and then didn't show up at all for the shoot <laughs> so he th- so what would you do? I don't know. What would you do in a situation like that if you if your artist didn't show up for the shoot? I mean, I don't know. I think it was really hysterical. I mean, I don't know. There's not really much you can do. You're still getting paid. You're still like you're there doing your half. I think it's it really if okay, so the it's easier to explain if you go back and like explain the video. So the way it happened is like you said, all he sent this guy was pre-recorded or like pre-thought-out ideas, like storyboard ideas. And what the director did, since he never showed up, was took the video, and they basically shot like B-roll and like background shots of what they wanted to add in so that when he got there, they could just shoot his parts and be done. But since he never showed up, they were never able to get those shots of him. So instead of a video that's actually what they had talked about doing, it's just like literally text on the screen and then shots of B-roll explaining the entire day about they said he was going to show up now and then he didn't. And they said he was going to show up now and then he didn't. So it's just like little intermittent shots of what he had imagined the video being with this director's explanation mixed in. I thought the best part was that Young Thug actually recorded some of some actual video footage on his own, like outside of one of his jets or something. And, and he was eating Cheetos. Eating Cheetos. And and the director says <laughs> in there, he's like, he's like, um, I wish it was my idea for him to be eating Cheetos, but it wasn't, but that was dope, or something like that. And I just it was so funny. Like I just thought that it was it's not anything that the artist did. The best part is this is just like a funny video explaining stuff by the director it, of the video. I don't know. I thought it, it was a It's just great because of the context of it. Like you think about it, you have this superstar that doesn't show up for a shoot and you have, you have, um, he was probably freaking out, honestly. Oh, yeah. like, what, Absolutely. So instead of just scrapping it all and never having a video and not doing anything, this guy decides to use his creative mind and make an entire video describing what they were going to do. Right. And I just thought that was awesome. The whole context and the creativity of the video is really what uh what made me pick that for my video of the year you did a much better job of explaining the video than i did by the way (laughs) i mean (laughs) i just watched it like you told me to watch it like an hour ago and i watched it right away and it was just it was so funny you're right it was just creative on the director's part and like they said at the end they're like he paid a hundred thousand dollars and this is what he got like it's almost like the director is sort of like jabbing him a little bit but i thought that was great now, but that, but it, it it generated like so much publicity that maybe that right. was worth the money, you know? Like, oh yeah, that's the thing. Young Thug is such an enigma that only Young Thug could have a music video like this, right? And have and people be like, oh, Young Thug. Man, it's like he doesn't care. He doesn't care. Yep. Like it doesn't it doesn't matter to him. Like a hundred thousand dollars is nothing to him. And so, yeah, it just doesn't matter. And like you said, we're talking about it, so it worked. Um, 
my my choice was from early this year and it was just i think it's because i love the song so much but also the video was just hysterical to me and that was t-shirt by migos um if you haven't seen it i highly recommend going to watch it right now but it's basically like the revenant meets the migos in that they go like there's no real premise to the music video beyond they're in the woods in a bunch of like super dope fur coats and they have all of their jewelry on and they're basically just like dancing around rapping this song in the middle of the woods and it's it's just it was hysterical to me because it's I don't know. I just thought it was so funny because they're just like out there and these did it just the obnoxiousness of the fur coats alone made the video incredible. But um, like they're on snowmobiles and I just I don't know. I thought it was perfect because it's so far out there. Like that's not what you would have expected from that video when you heard the song. And it was Quavo actually directed the video like he was one of the directors on the video. So this is all from his mind. So I just. I wonder if he was like when he was doing his verse to this song, if that's what he was picturing as they did it. But I just I loved that music video. Yeah, that was another great one. I didn't watch a ton of music videos this year, but that was a that was a great one. Yeah, there were only a handful that were really worth getting into. But I'm not a huge music, music video guy either. But like those two in particular, like when I hear that one is good. I'll, I'll go watch it. And that t-shirt and then Wyclef were just awesome. Um, all right, moving on. Now, what you just said when you were talking about um, bankroll a little bit ago made me think twice about my answer here. But um, best producer, best, you know, best director. Our version of best director is best producer. So I'll let you – you want to start? Yeah, uh, my best producer – okay, no. Actually, I want you to start because I think <laughs> – here, I before we start, I would I would have picked Austin's, but <laughs> I just wanted to be the devil's advocate and pick somebody else. But I think there is one clear choice for yeah. producer of the year. Right. And can you tell us who that is, yeah. Austin? Young Metro. First of all, I don't want to get shot. And if he doesn't trust you, you get shot. Or at least that's what I've come to understand based on his hook at the beginning of all, of all the songs. So um, I'm going with Young Metro, man. He just he's out. He was everywhere this past year. Um, his beats are always incredible. Like he did a, he did, um, father stretch my hands with Kanye. Like he was, I mean, that's just one example. He's done a ton of stuff with future. Like he's all over the Atlanta scene. Um, my honorable mentions were one. And what I've always said is Zaytoven. I I love Zaytoven. I don't know if he had a particularly big year. I'd have to go back and like really kind of go through what he did. I'm sure he was all over the place, but like he's had a big year every year since like 2004 forever. Like he's always all over the place. And I've said that if there was one guy, okay, this is going to sound ridiculous, but there's that episode of family guy where Stewie follows around a fat guy with a tuba and just like plays uh, plays <laughs> behind him. And I always thought if I could have somebody follow me around and just play like theme music all day, it would be Zaytoven because he's, he's incredible. He's like an incredible pianist. Like he had, he was on stage recently with Migos, just like playing his little guitar piano thing and just ripping it. Just like doing the beats live and he was incredible. So I love him. And I also wanted to say, uh, Mike will made it for doing, um, black Beatles alone should deserve some type of recognition. So I'm going with young Metro cause he's just all over the place and is just like, he's like the gold standard right now. Um, but yeah, those other guys deserve some, some, some love too. But yeah, I know you would have gone with him because like you said, it's an obvious choice, but you got some good ones here too. Yeah, I, I went away from the whole Atlanta scene because Atlanta is just a bastion of amazing producers. Yeah. So, so aside from that, I kind of wanted to go shout out some uh, some producers that have been doing work that have been really, really, really good outside of there. And one that I really wanted to say was Cardo Got Wings. Cardo Got Wings has been around for quite some time. He did a lot of production for Wiz and Currency. Um, Love that. Yeah, in over the past like five, six years with those kind of like sunshine beats with the, I don't even know what instrument that is he uses, but it's such a, such like a a signature sound. Um, and he's kind of started to finally broaden his horizons and he's been doing some amazing stuff this year. He released a lot of stuff still with that, uh, classic sound. I think he did a couple songs for Wiz. He released a tape with payroll Giovanni, who's from Detroit 
called um, Big Boston, which is a great tape. This summer, when it gets warm, drive your car, roll down your windows, listen to Big Boston by Payroll yeah. Giovanni and Cardo Got Wings, because that is an incredible tape. Uh, so he did that in 2016, and he had work on a, he had production credits on a lot of incredible, incredible songs that people just haven't been thinking about. He co-produced Untitled 07 by Kendrick Lamar, which is and Untitled 02, and those are two of the craziest beats I've ever heard. Damn. Um, he produced that part by Schoolboy Q. He produced. Oh, he produced Goosebumps and Through the Late Night by Travis Scott. Uh, he produced Grammys by Drake and Future. He just had a lot of huge placements this year, and people didn't really give him a lot of credit, and I thought it was an amazing year. Uh, and my other person that I am picking is Knowledge. Knowledge didn't is not the type of producer that really has a lot of placements on projects. He does a lot of co-projects and beat tapes. He reminds me kind of the – not his sound necessarily. It sounds kind of jazzy, but he reminds me in his – like in the culture, kind of what Jay Dilla and Mad Lib are, uh, kind of. He released a beat tape last year called Cauliflower, which is really good. Uh, not 2016, though. I think it was 2015. But he's a producer of the year for me in 2016 because he was the co. He's one half of No Worries, the duo of him and Anderson Pack, and that album oh, No Worries was incredible. That whole album was all produced by Knowledge. And uh, it, I just I first heard of knowledge in 2015. He produced Mama by Kendrick Lamar on um, To Pimp a Butterfly. And uh, that, that sound, he has a signature sound that just totally drew me in. And he produced All of No Worries. He, there's a Currency song that was originally produced by Alchemist that he remixed into his own beat. That's like one of my favorite songs this year called Cartridge. Uh, he's just been all over the place, really, kind of popping up here and there. And I think I'm expecting a huge 2017 from him. But... Before we go on, I have one more. Right. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely Let's cheating. Hear it. Come on, man. I'm learning here right now. I'm definitely cheating. And this one, <laughs> I'm not I'm not necessarily going to say this is my producer of the year because I think Knowledge, Cardo Got Wings, Metro, Mike Wills, Zaytoven, all were on a level of their own this year. But uh, this guy's from the Detroit area, actually. He's produced for Dom Kennedy, uh, Dej Loaf. Um, he chances on one, you know, the song, I don't know if you know the song navigator truck by chance, the rapper and Alex Wiley, but, uh, he produced that song. And that was one of my, that was one of my favorite songs of 2016. Uh, his name's Yoji money. He came up in Detroit producing, uh, he, he's doing a lot of work with this artist out on the East coast called Felly right now. Oh, and I know Felly. You know Felly? I know Felly's, uh, this is going to sound like a name drop, but his older brother is a buddy of mine. Yeah. Yeah. Felly's yeah. dope. Yeah. Felly's really dope. So Felly uh, and Yoji Money do a lot of work together. A lot of their stuff. They have a That's lot of tight. songs together. So Yoji Money's kind of like an earthy production, kind of spacey. I don't know how to. It's like. It's like. If you know Felly, it's sound. That's the sound. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like positive vibes. Yeah. For sure. So that. So that's that's a producer I wanted to shout out because of the work he's been doing this year. That I thought was amazing. But. uh yeah, those are my producers this year. That's dope. Those are some, we just ripped off like six or seven really, really good ones. So if you're looking for like new music, just check out any of them. And it's funny, man. I had never, I know Cardo Got Wings is. I've heard that name so many times, but like just ripping off those tracks that he did, that was an impressive 2016. That's a good call. Um, all right. What's our next one? We're going for best, best supporting actor or actress. Uh, and our version of that is best features. Um, I'll kick us off just cause we're switching it up here. Um, I'm going with Quavo. I know there are some other really good choices out there, like big names who were just again, all over the place, but I'm going with Quavo because I found, um, a SoundCloud mix and this was before culture came out. Um, and this was like kind of before any of those singles even got released. That was, it's just an hour of just his features from 2016 and i've listened to it all the way through like i don't know 15 20 times like i'll just put that on in my house and just let it play because it's just incredible and it's a bunch of songs i hadn't heard before and then he was just on hits man he was on minnesota uh he was on one of those young thug tracks like he had he was on a song post malone like he had everything man he was really all over the place he kind of it was cool what he did in 2016 because he separated himself from Migos a little bit and kind of stood out as an individual artist but also was like he's such a natural sound with those other two 
um, you know, when they do their group stuff. And uh, his star is is going to, like, he's going to take off. Like, 2016, oh, take off, huh? Uh, oh, like 12, you had to nice. do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was not planned. Um, but 2016 was a big year for him to, like, I mean, he was around before that, obviously, but, like, to really bust on the scene on his own. And I think, like, I think 2017 is already off to such a huge start for him. I think it's just going to going to keep going. Now, you, yours are a little, like, he's getting to be a pretty household name at this point, but, like, yours are very much household, and they blew the doors off last year. So, I just want to say that I agree with your choice, too, uh, because <laughs> there, there, there's so many good options. Mine, I, I do truly think, are uh, also the best, but Quavo had an unreal year for features. I know exactly what mix you're talking about. Yeah. I've listened to that mix like a bunch of times. It's just an hour long of Quavo featured on songs, and they're just so good they're every so time. Good. He steals the show every time. I don't know. 2016, he blossomed from uh, like a rap up and comer to a freaking superstar. Yeah. So he had a great year, but uh, as far as features go, I think I'm going to say one. My honorable mention is Two Chains. Two Chains. Had an insane year. He did. He keep he keeps getting better, and he's like fifty years old now. I don't <laughs> understand. I think he's actually like thirty eight, but like he keeps getting better, and he's so old, and he's still s- managing to stay relevant. And I, I I just I appreciate that. And his features this year have been so good. I'm trying to think. I mean, you obviously, know what he nope. is. He's the new like Snoop Dogg to me. He he really is. He's he that's a that's a great comparison because he's like. His raps, you put him on a song and he just steals the show every right. time and he talks about nothing. Well, he's and a just... huge part of like the American culture now. Like he's a household name. Like my mom knows who 2 Chains is. Like he's just a staple now. He's, his brand is beyond. He did such a good job of rebranding himself from Titty Boy to 2 Chains, And that's when his career took off. Like he was still Duffel Bag Boy was great and everything. But like he was super under the radar then. And then he changed his name to something incredible. And people were like, oh, this dude is so good. And that was 10 years ago at this point. And he's, I, his star is as, you know, bright as it's ever been. Well, that's the crazy thing is he's had such a long and winding career. And, like, he kind of released, he released, um, what's that album called? Boats, is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh, no, I called. He released an album that 2013, 2012, I'm not sure. Yeah. And that was huge. And then I, I, I kind of felt like he fell off. I don't want to say fell off, but he kind of went stagnant. And then all of a sudden, like late 2015, early last year, he just started releasing mixtapes and jumping on tracks. And it, it he's like back and he's bigger than ever. He's yeah. bigger than ever. And it's crazy. It's just crazy to me. I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his guest verses this year, but he had some great ones. Uh, well, he had he did, uh, um, No Problem. He's on No Problem. He was on... Um, champions wow. yeah i'm trying to think man he was all over the place this year though i just keep thinking of his verses from hibachi for lunch but um that was his album that was his project not anybody else's yeah, yeah no he, he was he was unreal i just like i just use the te- not a test but it's just the kind of thing like when i'm thinking about who i was going to pick if i ever look at a track list of a new project and I see a song featuring Two Chains. I know that's going to be one of the three best songs on the album. Oh, absolutely! He's going to have one of the best verses on the whole thing. What yeah, but but uh, my my number one has to go to the goat Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a fun pick because it's just Kendrick Lamar, but like it has to be Kendrick Lamar because he is so good. He's on top yeah. of the rap game. He's the best rapper alive right now. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about him, but no, I'm, man. he's I'm, he's he's so impressive from like like somebody who loves like the art behind rap and like a his verses are super catchy, but b he's just so technically sound. Like he does a million different flows. He's on all sorts of different beats. Like for example, I was listening to Thundercats album today, which was hysterical. By the way, if you haven't, it's just called Drunk, um, and it's so funny because he's just like a jazz guy, but he has connections into so many different artists um and kendrick lamar is on one of his like super jazzy smooth songs and he just he just rides the beat like perfectly like you never the thing with kendrick to me is that you never feel like his verse is out of place like it always fits he just i don't know he's got a he's got a way of adapting to whatever type of beat you put in front of him he's he's incredible but yeah there's there's something to be said for rappers that are so versatile that can rap over a lot of different beats because there are certain rappers that are very one-dimensional and you put them over beats they're not supposed to go over and you're like what is this construction noise i'm hearing (laughs) 
That's a but, good way of putting it. Like I'm trying to think of artists that like have a lot of versatility with uh with their. I mean, I think Two Chains is pretty versatile. I think Quavo is super Chains. versatile. Quavo, I mean, you know who I think the most versatile rapper of all time is, as far as being able to rap on different beats. I think it's Cameron. You put Cameron on literally. You put Cameron on literally any beat, and he'll go off. It doesn't matter what it is. You can okay. put him on an EGM beat, and he starts spitting these short bars about guns and pink trucks, and yeah. I throw my hat in the air and go crazy. You know, I mean, I think uh, I think ASAP Rocky's pretty versatile. You mentioned the EDM beats, like he did that song with Skrillex and like nailed it. Um, that was a while ago now, but Rocky's pretty damn good. I love Ferg. Um, Ferg's pretty versatile, but Ferg he has his lane though. He can't really do a little bit like on his last what was it? Uh, Always was it? drive and prosper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he had a couple tracks that I thought he got a little out of his element on, but um, the versatility. I mean, listen. As much as he's he steals from people at this point, Drake is incredibly versatile. Like he's he mm-hmm. literally does everything. Like I kind of hate what he's started to become in that he's just like become a bit of a vulture. Like he puts out his own incredible work, but like like tons of his own incredible work, but like if something's hot, he'll just jump on and do a verse. Like Versace. That's so long yep. ago now, but like he did it with he Versace, did. he did it with Tuesday. Yeah, oh my god, yeah, Tuesday was a perfect example. He did it he did it with something else. Well he jacked the uh um hotline bling beat from Drum. Uh, Drum, yeah. yeah. Just jacked it. I remember that song. And then he cause because Drum lost the rights to it because he used actual Super Mario sounds that he didn't have like permission to use in the song. And as soon as that became like an up for beats grab, Drake had somebody basically touch it up. And then did his own version of it. Because the first time I heard that song, it was positioned as a remix of that cha-cha, which I thought mm-hmm. was kind of crazy. But Yeah, um, when they when they dropped it was dropped on uh Beats Radio is the same day that he did the back to back disc to Meek Mill. Yeah. And and it was released as the Cha Cha remix. Well, you want to talk about somebody who I don't think is that versatile. Meek Mill's a good example. I like Meek. I think for what he is, he's great. But like he's always screaming at you. You're never gonna get Meek on like an R and B beat or like something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like something smooth. Like he's got his aggressive Philly lane and he nails it, but that he's he's not all that versatile. So um all right, we got caught up on features there, but that was good. Um I think we got some good ones, man. There's just so much talent. It's kinda like Listen know. to this list of features that Kendrick Lamar yeah, has. This is just a sh- this is this is just a short list. I don't even know if this is all of them. This is just while I was sitting here, the ones I could think of. No more parties in LA. No. Oh. Incredible verse. Freedom. That's like a seminal song. Skyline 2 on the uh, Frank Ocean album, that like wow. background vocals he has. Um, I think po- po- probably the best singular verse of the year, What's Wrong by Isaiah Rashad. Uh, he has a verse in that song. Uh, Holy Key, the DJ Khaled song. Huh. Uh, really Doe, the Danny Brown yeah. song. Goosebumps by Travis Scott. He's just been in so much. Damn. Yeah, man, that's a great list right off the top. Wow. Um, well, let's make uh, let's make a little transition here. You could, honestly, you just ripped off like six songs that could all qualify for this next uh, category we're going to do. This is a little bit off the Oscars thing because I couldn't think of what to, to compare it to, but we're just going to do best song, like favorite, favorite song from last year. Um, I went, mine was, I'm a... I feel really good about it because it's like one of my favorite songs of all time and I'll justify in a second, but it's pretty, it's a pretty just like patented, you know, like not, not a dangerous choice, but I went with no problem by chance, two chains and Wayne. Um, I mean, first of all, you mentioned chains had a bunch of amazing, you know, guest spots this year. This was one of his best. Um, and you could make an argument. It was the third out of the three verses on the entire song, but it was more about like, two overarching things for me with this song was one that this was the song that made chance like unavoidable. Like you said, he had ultra light beam, you know, with Kanye was sort of one of his, I mean, he had acid rap was incredible. So like he's been on the scene for a little bit, but like now he's part of the mainstream culture. Like he is as popular as anybody. And trust me, living in Chicago, he is everywhere. Um, But this song kind of made him, you can't ignore him anymore. A, this album did that for him, but like this song in particular was like the headliner of the whole thing. 
it's got two of like the best names in hip hop today and long term, you know, in the last 20 years at least. And um, we get vintage Wayne. That's what was my other point. That's my favorite part. You get vintage Lil Wayne. Like I come from, I grew up, I in college, like was when he was putting out uh, no ceilings, like Carter three, like that ridiculous, that ridiculous, like four year run of when it happened to me when I was in college that he was just like, he was bigger than music. He was bigger than hip hop. There was him. And then there was a skyscraper. And then there was like everybody else. Like this was before Kanye really got to where Kanye is now. Like he was hip hop and he said, he said as much, um, he had just kind of taken over for Jay-Z at, at the top and everything. But I haven't heard a verse of his that I liked as much as those old ones where you felt like, oh shit, this, this is Wayne until I heard this song this year. And it just like, it, it makes it such another level for me, but like, he's so at home. He's just, he just nails the verse, man. And I could listen to it all day long. I did listen to it a couple times today just to, just cause I was thinking about it. But, um, you know, between chance blowing up a two chains, a great two chains drop in, and then just vintage hall of fame, Wayne, like that, that was my track of the year. That's a great pick. That's a great pick. I mean, that like pro- I said, it, it, it's, it's, it's like the popular pick. It's the obvious one, but like it's obvious for a reason to me. Well, that's how I felt when I picked Kendrick Lamar for, yeah. for that. Is that. It's like that feels like kind of a cop-out pick, but it's a cop-out pick for a reason. Yeah. Now what about you? What do you got? So again, I'm cheating. I have one <laughs> that I'm going to pick as my favorite, but I'm going to name a couple because there is just a few songs this year that were just incredible. First of all, the connotations and the context surrounding it, I think Ultralight Beam was an impeccable song. Yeah. I, I didn't – I loved Kanye's part, but Chance on that song, that's where like in my mind Chance went from like one of my personal favorite rappers that like I had a special connection to because I followed back when he was small. That was the moment I realized I was like, holy shit, this guy is a mega star. Yeah. Like he – like I remember I, I went to the uh, – to the Life of Pablo, like Yeezy opener show, whatever, at the theater in Lansing. And um, I remember in like a group of people watching it, like hearing those organs and then hearing Chance's voice come on. And everybody was like, oh my gosh, there's like whispers. And then he said, I made Sunday candy. I'm never going to hell. I met Kanye West. I'm never going to fail. And the whole crowd just went nuts. And I was like, this guy's, he's here. He made it. So through personal experience, that was one of my favorite songs of the year. Um, another one from an artist that I'm very conflicted on as far as their longevity in the rap game goes, uh, Lil Uzi Vert. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about him, but he released the, he released the Lil Uzi Vert versus the world mixtape, uh, earlier this year. And it was a pretty good mixtape actually. And he had this song on it called grab the wheel, which wasn't any of the singles. The singles off that were like high roller and money longer. Um, grab the wheel is just this like spacey. It just it kind of one of those songs that just like fills a room. I can't even describe it. It's just such a like I don't want to say the word wrong, but like ethereal song. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It's amazing. Grab the wheel is just an amazing song. So that's one of my other honorable mentions. And then another honorable mention. Whew, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Take a deep is, breath. <laughs> is is uh, what's wrong? The song I mentioned earlier by Isaiah Rashad and Kendrick Lamar. Isaiah Rashad released a great album this year in the Sun's tirade. I haven't been talking about that, but that was a great album, great fall listening album. Um, but what's wrong had Kendrick Lamar on it. And, um, his verse on that was one of the best Kendrick Lamar verses I've ever heard. And that says a lot. Uh, there's one part in it where he just, I love when rappers that are at the top of their game state that they're at the top of their game because it's just, it's, it's beast. He, he said in one of the songs, I'll paraphrase it. He said, um, I told Zay I'm the greatest Wait, hold on. He's like, I told Zay I'm the greatest rapper since 25. It's been that for a while now. I'm 29. Anybody that disagrees is a fucking liar. <laughs> hey, like, man. Just, talk your shit. Shoot your shot. I get it. Yeah, it's just like that That stuff when he just starts screaming. You know that Kendrick voice where he just starts screaming? Oh, yeah. That he, That's what he does in that song, and that just, it, gets me, it gets me going, man. But my favorite song of the year is kind of a risky pick. Um the double song groovy tony eddie kane mm-hmm. by schoolboy q off of blank face which i thought was an incredible album that song it starts off with like this hard street 
totally like talking about like moving drugs, violence, whatever over like this grimy beat. And then like halfway through the song, it switches to Eddie Kane, which is all about how he's like, forgive me for all the bad stuff I did. And like the hook is I'm his grandma's baby, Eddie Kane. And like, there's like this choir in the background. And I just thought that song was schoolboy Q's magnum opus and kind of the maturation of his whole career. Cause I feel like he's always had it, whatever it is his whole career, but has never been able to materialize it into one like incredible song. There's been some great schoolboy Q songs. I love schoolboy Q, but yeah. that one song was the one song I listened to, and I was like, okay, Schoolboy Q, he's here. Like, he, we're out here. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a little bit of a different feel from that album. It was a little more complete, I thought, than some of his past ones where I think he was going for more of, like, the single, like, popular type of, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. he was trying to just get on the scene as much as he was anything else, but I agree with you. That was a dope album, and that was a great song. Um, speaking of albums... Let's get on to now. We're, we're getting we're getting into the money here. We got two topics left. Um, we're going with our version of best picture here, and that's going to be the best album of the year. Um, I'm gonna let you catch your breath, and I'm gonna go with mine. Now the honorable mentions are, and I was real close. Like all three of these are right there for me. One, the first honorable mention is Culture. Uh, I just this was I enjoyed this Migos project so much. Like. It was it was such a complete album. Like I thought, uh, like it, it, I you say you like when rappers just talk their shit. That's all these guys do. They just they go out there and they're just like we're super tight. We don't really care what you think. We're out here balling. And that entire album was that. And the hits like it was crazy. The 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 singles on that um, album. I didn't even know if they were like the best songs like like bad and bougie, I think is maybe the fifth or sixth best song on that album. And that's crazy because that song took over the world is still one of the most popular songs out there, but took over the world for, you know, a good month there, which is a long time nowadays. Um, and, you know, I like I said, I think it's like the third or fourth, fifth best song on that album behind um, T-shirt, call casting, slippery, um, get right with you. Uh, I fucking love those songs. And the, just the intro, just the first song with DJ Khaled, just culture. I think it's hysterical that they just say culture album coming soon in the first song of the album culture. It wasn't uh, even a single. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. I just think it's hysterical. They can do whatever they want at this point. So but that one deserves some credit. Um, another one that I was reminded of later, uh, and this was for me, like my first venture into the Travis Scott realm. And I've, since I've gone back and listened to rodeo and like some of his other stuff, but, um, birds in the trap sing McKnight, I thought was awesome. Like he, like I said, this was kind of my first like diving headfirst into a Travis Scott project. So I didn't totally know what to expect, but, um, I thought that was good. He's kind of like at that dark murky, you know, interesting half sing, half rap type of thing. Um, a little bit, definitely a lot more rapping, but, um, like pick up the phone was on that. And I thought that was somewhere in the middle. Um, like you said, through the late night was great. Um, outside. I love outside, um, guidance. I mean like this, this whole thing is incredible. I'm just looking at it right now on Spotify, but loved that project. But my favorite, of the whole year, which I'm realizing and getting more and more impressed the further away we get from it was Jeffrey by Thug, Young Thug. Um, it's only 10 songs. It's only 42 minutes, but it is heat all the way through. Like, I didn't have a song on here that I didn't. The only one that I would say wasn't a total banger was Future Swag, which is also the shortest song on the album. Um, I thought it was dope. I thought it was great. But like, Every other song in that album is just fire. Like from Wyclef Jean starts with that. Then you've got Floyd Mayweather. I also love that he named all of his songs just after like artists that he admires. Um, I thought that was really cool. But again, pick up the phones on this album too. And it's the 10th song. And it's, I mean, it's good. I love that song. But like that falls somewhere in the middle of the pack on this album. Like I thought, I thought Webby, and Guwap were my two favorite songs off that entire album. And like, this is another one that I'll just put on and I'll just let it run from top to bottom. Um, my so, favorite song, my yeah. favorite song on that album was Wyclef Jean, man. That song that is song. like shape shifting, genre bending. Oh yeah, it's like 
Jamaican patois mixed with Lil Wayne. <laughs> well, he rips off like 10 different voices in that too. And that was another thing about like Young Thug is another guy who like I had heard him here and there and like I'm probably late on him. I definitely am. But um, or I was. And I've always enjoyed, like I enjoyed his work. I thought his, he had a cool vibe going on. But um, he, all the voices are just impressive, man. He's, he's as versatile as it gets. Um, so I, I loved I loved that album. That was that was my favorite one, uh, favorite one of the year. I think that's a real important album. Yeah, he did a good job, man. I think it just launched him. I think it launched him. He was already pretty big, but that sort of launched him into the the stratus of like real superstars. And it'll be really interesting to see what his next project is because it's been mostly mixtapes before that, and this was his one of, if not his first, his one of his first huge studio albums. So. Yeah. I, I think this gave him, that. yeah. I think this gave him staying power, honestly, because yeah. he's had he's had the big singles with uh, Danny Glover and yeah. Stoner, and I'm trying to think what else. But he's had the big singles, but he never had a cohesive album. And I so I think this album, cohesive, won a bunch of I don't know if it won a bunch of awards, but it's very critically acclaimed. Uh, it really cemented his spot in hip hop. Yeah. Um, all right. What do you What do you got? What's yours? All right, before we before we go to the albums, I, I just like to say that uh, there's a mixtape this year that came out that I think is arguably one of the best projects of the year, and that's Kodak Black's Lil Big Pac. <laughs> yeah. uh, there are, are just about zero skips on that tape. Um, and yeah, it's just a great tape. It's my honorable mention. Um, Kodak Black, I don't know how an 18-year-old put together such a cohesive project, but he did it, and I'm, I'm ready for his 2017. Um, but yeah. Let's keep going. Um, hmm. My other, my other uh, honorable mentions. I had four. Uh, <laughs> I love but it. But I had four because I just couldn't pick. But my honorable mentions are here. Let's just make it two: Blank Face and Untitled Unmastered. Two albums that I already talked about. Schoolboy Q's Coming of Age with Blank Face. I think that's his first great project. I think the more and more it's one of those albums. The more and more you listen to it. Uh, the better it gets, which those albums are always the best. And yeah. I think it, there's just so much depth to the production on that album that you just hear something new every time. Untitled Unmastered. Let's talk about this one real quick. Kendrick Lamar decided that he had a bunch of songs he recorded that were so damn good that he didn't know what to do with them. So he just <laughs> released them. He's like, well, these don't fit into the concept of anything else I have. So I'm going to make them a concept within itself and release an album. And it was one of the best albums of the year. So... That's something pretty incredible. Said. That's something to be said for an artist, just being able to throw basically a bunch of leftovers into an album and have it be as dope as any project that came out all year. Yeah. And uh, my favorite album of the year, um, I'm going to have to go with Blonde by Frank Ocean. Uh, I After waiting I, for like five years, I think he probably earned it. Yeah, I deserve this album. <laughs> He made it for me. It's a great uh, album, man. Let's hear about it. No, yeah, no, it's awesome. It it, it it's just kind of stripped down Frank Ocean. I thought I was going to hear because Channel Orange was so experimental and had so explored so many different types of genres and sound, and Blonde was so stripped down. It was just guitars, keys, synths. It was just the simple instruments and the showcase of Frank Ocean's voice. And Frank Ocean's voice is one of the greatest things on the planet. I agree. And I just think the whole album is super cohesive. The stories about about love and about life and about loneliness. I don't know. The album just hits me hard. Like I can't listen to it around people, or else uh, I just like get antisocial. Like it's no. one of those. Uh, it's one of those albums that makes me feel so much that I can't be around other people. <laughs> and that's what that. That's why I think I picked it for album of the year. Yeah, I mean he he's just an incredible artist. I mean top to bottom, he's like you said, it's the he creates an experience within each album. Like I thought Ch Channel Orange was one of my favorite albums of all time. That's another no skip. Absolutely no skip. Um, I might fire that up after we're done here. Um, but I just, I just bought Channel Orange on vinyl. Oh yeah. That's dope. Mm -hmm. Oh man. Good for you. Um, but yeah, I agree. Blonde was incredible. Top to bottom. I kind of agree with you in that the, uh, I don't want to, that's not party music. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, okay. So that's best albums again. What an incredible, what an incredible year, man. I mean, that's that's yeah. I mean, I had quality stuff. I had two other albums that were on my honorable mentions: "Lemonade" by Beyonce and "Freetown Sound" by Blood Orange. I'm not going to go into them, but you need to listen to them. Yeah. All right. So there you go, people. You got some. Uh, you got some homework to do. "Lemonade." Well, we all 
heard that whether you played it or not. You heard it somewhere. Um, Freetown Sound, all right. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I want to say that if you are listening to this and you want to hear some of these songs and you can't remember the names, tweet me at Jam Draper and I will gladly give you a bajillion music suggestions because that's my favorite thing to do. He'll do it. You should follow him anyway. Um, okay. Or or don't follow me and still tweet me. That's okay. <laughs> either way. <laughs> He's a man of the people either way. Um, okay. Last but not certainly not least, um, the best actor, actress in a lead role, best artist. Um, you want to go first? Sure. Um, so for best artist, I also had more trouble and I had to pick an honorable mention, uh, for future because in the classic Oscar style, we're going from the beginning of 2016 up until now. So 2017 counts. So let's look at future from January, 2016 until now. And you see that even though he's released Evil and E.T., which weren't the best projects, they were still great projects. They had a lot of great songs on them. And he's released Hendrix now. He's released Future. And he's released Purple Rain way back when. And those three are all – those are all great projects. People forget about Purple Rain, but those are three three projects in one calendar year about-ish that have been incredible. So – He's been featured all over. I mean, this was his year, even though he arguably had better music in 2015. Actually, I don't even think it's arguable. His music was definitely better in 2015. But this was the biggest year of his career, and he prospered. He prospered a lot. Big time. But my uh, winner for best artist is Chance the Rapper. I just think we there's not enough to be said about this guy, man. He came he came from no label, still independent winning Grammys without selling any one song. I mean, this guy, this was this was his year. 2016 was the year of the independent artist, and the most famous, most groundbreaking independent artist in music is Chance the Rapper. Yeah, he was incredible. Like I said, I'm in Chicago, and he was, he became, like I said earlier, he became unavoidable. Like, he's ever, he's in a Kit Kat commercial now. Like, he's, he's just absolutely all over the place. Um they love him here. He put on a huge concert festival with like this insane, insane list of uh, artists down at U.S. Cellular where the White Sox play on the south side. Um, I didn't get a chance to go because tickets sold out in like 15 minutes. But um, he put on this. He just loves the city and he became he became unavoidable. I mean, 2016 was his year. Um, I did say future because and that's more accounting for like it's like when the movie comes out like in January and they try to ride the hot wave just before the Oscars to win the awards. That's basically what future's done here. I mean, he's put out two albums in the last two weeks with rumors of potentially a third on the way, which would be insane. Um, and they're, they're, they're so good and they're so different. Like future was much more of his like mixtape aggressive, like real rap, and then Hendrix is just like it's completely its own sound. Like I haven't never it's really an, heard anything like it before. It's an effortless crossover into trap R and B. Yeah. I mean he's just doing his own thing. Like Fresh Air is incredible. The song Incredible sounds to me I saw somebody on Twitter say that it sounds like like a like an early career like J Lo beat that he just decided to make into his own thing like he's he's just wild man the the talent that runs through that guy is is unbelievable and so he had he had an absolutely huge i mean 2017 at this point it's his or it's migos i think right now future's on top because he's come out with the stuff latest and he put out just so much but um like mask off mask off is my favorite song from either of those projects and i also saw basically so i jumped in on future like pretty early like I actually liked the album Honest. Like I actually yes, that was, me too. Okay, so I thought it was good. Like I, I enjoyed it. Like I know it wasn't what he wanted to be, and I think the whole thing is like he was forced by his, his label to like go more pop than he wanted to. I thought and that Ciara. was right. Well, right. Yeah, that didn't help either. Uh, I thought that was a dope album. But I think this two album set, if you almost treat it as one, is like almost kind of what he wanted to do instead of that like i think that was like this is his vision this is what he's always tried to get to as an artist like to show that he is at, in the elite in in a variety of different categories so um i just thought it, it 
early 2017 has been his. Um, like you said, I think he's a little better probably on the whole 2015, but I mean, 2016, he killed it. And then this early part of 2017, he's dominated. Um, going off of what you said about, uh, Hendricks though, and honest is that I was reading an interview the other day, actually, and future actually said that Hendricks is the album he wanted honest to be. Yeah. So there you go. It's perfect. That's exactly what it is. Maybe I saw somebody say that on Twitter or something, but I, it just makes sense, man. It's it's still it's that similar ish sound, but I think this he can do this now. Like he can take this risk now at this point in his career because he's established himself. And if if he somehow took a misstep, that's not going to sink him. Whereas back in 2013, I think had he put out a project like that risky, I don't know if it would have. I don't know if he had the clout to have it resonate as much as this one did. And he has full autonomy now, too. I mean, oh, back yeah. then, he had so many people telling him what to do. He had the labels telling him what to do. He had the producers telling him what to do because they were bigger than he was. He had right. probably Ciara telling him, giving him direction on the album that he didn't want. you know. But yeah. now he's got he's got his group. He's got Metro. He's got DJ Esco. He's got Southside. Dude, he's got, got all- those guys on your team, you're doing okay. You're doing mm-hmm. something he- right, man. And he has full creative control, and I think the guy's a creative genius. So I think yeah. that he's doing exactly what he wants to do. This is all perfectly calculated. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, I think we're going to wrap it up here. We went a little bit longer than the first two, but that was all, like, there was just so much good music, man, so much good um, just content last year. It was awesome. And 2017's off to a hot start. So we'll be bringing you guys more of this here pretty soon. But, um For Jamison Draper, I'm Austin Smith. This is Run the Pod, and we will catch you guys later. Peace. Peace. Run, 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 run.